the brain and the mind the same or different? And where do they reside within this body? Casually, we use the word mind in a variety of contexts. He has got an incredible mind. Her mind is elsewhere. They are out of their mind. Yet, when it comes to pinpointing what the mind is, scientists realize it is a slippery task. Roger Perry was a maverick scientist who was working with epilepsy patients and his work threw tremendous light on this topic. He saw that some patients suffer a minor seizure which happens in one lobe of the brain. And when that epileptic seizure travels into the second lobe, it becomes a major seizure. So to minimize the possibility of such major seizures, he began performing a surgical procedure called corpus callosotomy, where you split the brain into two parts by cutting the connecting duct. Now imagine if you have a computer, you take a saw and cut it into two. In most cases, it would no longer function as a computer. Or if it was designed for the occasion, it would then split into two individual unique computers. What happens when you split the brain into two? Either the person should die or we should now have two different people or two different brains. But the astonishing observation he saw was that they continued with one unique personality. And not only that, if you met such people, you would not realize they were any different from the others. And the natural conclusion from the observation was that the mind is distinct from the brain. This is what I talk about in my latest book, The Power of Thoughts. The mind's function extends far beyond the gross tangible workings of the brain's neurons. It encompasses the intangible, invisible and transcendent world of feelings, attitudes and beliefs. If the brain and the mind were the same entity, then brain scans should have been able to read the mind. However, an experiment was conducted where brain scans of people were given to 70 independent teams for analysis. They all reached completely dissimilar conclusions. 
Thus, the brain and the mind are different. The brain is a localized physical organ situated in the head. The mind, however, is not restricted to the head. According to the Vedic scriptures, it resides in the region of our heart and permeates every cell of our body. Hence, its tremendous power over all bodily systems. On this topic, I would like to bring to the table the findings of the great Indian scientist in the beginning of the last century, J.C. Bose of Kolkata, who worked with plants. And he showed that even though plants don't have a brain, they do have a mind and they experience emotions. Hence, when the gardener walks in, the plants feel happy and joyous. The vibrations reveal it. Again, when a hunter walks in, the plants become despondent. And if the hunter kills a bird in that garden, the plants grieve for that death. Now, if the mind and the brain were the same, how would these emotions be possible in plants that don't have a brain? And like the plants are flatworms, they too are brainless and yet have a mind. From the Vedic perspective, the brain is like the hardware of a computer and the mind can be compared to the software. Thus, while the seat of the brain is the head, the seat of the mind is the heart. Hence, in love and in hate, we experience pain in the heart. And when we understand this distinction between the brain and the mind, we also realize that the modern belief of neurologists of thoughts being mere electrochemical reactions in the brain is extremely reductionist. Thoughts are subtle bundles of energy and that can help us understand whether enlightenment requires thoughts or whether it is a state beyond all thoughts. To answer that question, understand these four kinds of vani or four levels of speech. The first is vaikhari vani, where our thoughts are accompanied by spoken words. This is common day communication. And the second is madhyamavani, where we think utilizing words for those thoughts. And the third is Pashyantivani, where we think without the use of words. We can now think in flashes at great speeds. And the fourth is Paravani, where you think even without the help of thought.
thoughts as we know them to be. These are the moments of epiphany when you say, Aha! I understand now. The understanding did not come in thoughts, but just dawned upon one. And the state of enlightenment is an elevated case of such a state. So enlightenment is beyond thoughts as we know it to be. I hope that helps us bridge the knowledge of neurology with the divine perspective of the Vedas. We will continue discussing these topics in the series on the power of thoughts. Thank you.